0: So tonight we'll once again begin with the chanting of the refuges and precepts together. And as we do it, just... Settle back into the awareness of your body posture. Simply sit and know you're sitting. Grounded in the awareness of your posture, connect with the feeling of each breath, either the sensations of the air at the nostrils or the movement in the chest or the abdomen. Keep it very simple. Breathe and know you're breathing. If there's a space or a pause between breaths, you can become aware either of your sitting posture, note sitting, or some touch point, your hands touching, your buttocks, knees on the floor. Be with the touch point until the next breath comes by itself. There's not a pulling or a rushing of the next in-breath. Letting everything settle into its own rhythm. Notice how spontaneously each sound is known in the very moment that it appears. The feeling of each breath is known in the same spontaneous way because the nature of the mind is awareness, its function is to know particular body sensations become predominant and start to call your attention away from the breath let those sensations become the object of the meditation opening to them feeling them They may be pleasant they may be unpleasant Simply to feel them, to know them, and to notice their changing nature. Do they get stronger? Do they get weaker? Do they disappear? Do they shift? Not trying to make anything happen (laughs) but simply being aware of what does happen And stay alert for the arising, the appearing of thoughts or images in the mind. As soon as you become aware of a thought or an image, it can be helpful here particularly to make a soft mental note of thinking or seeing. And notice what happens to the thought in the moment of that awareness. Does it continue? Does it fade away? Does it disappear quickly? One of the most freeing aspects of the meditative practice is to see into the empty nature of thought. So pay attention to the difference in your experience between being lost in a thought and being aware that you're thinking. Notice the difference between those two experiences. And if there are very repetitive patterns of thought, you can use a note, a more specific note, to help support the mindfulness. Planning tape, family tape, work tape, fantasy, judgment, whatever the pattern might be. and stay particularly heedful for the arising of the different hindrances. Desire in the mind, some kind of aversion, sleepiness or dullness, or the retreating mode, restlessness or agitation, worry or doubt. Work with the hindrances in the ways that we talked about the other evening. With the primary practice being a careful mindfulness of them. If there are times when the mind gets confused, you don't know what to observe, what to feel, too much is happening. Come back to the simplicity, mindfulness of the breath, mindfulness of the body posture. Sit and know you're sitting breathe and know you're breathing. Breathing in, know you're breathing in. Breathing out, know you're breathing out. you have any questions about your practice? <laughs> the comment was about the relationship of body pain and aging and the reflection that 10 years ago He probably would have been through the aches and pains by now, at this time of the retreat. Quite possibly. (laughs) Yes. It's the realization that, and this is very hard to get, but it's the essence of the practice that from the perspective of mindfulness, from the perspective of awareness, it doesn't really matter what the object is. So from the perspective of awareness, if it's painful sensation, if it's pleasant sensation, it's really equal. It's just something else being known. And in your experience you really have the chance to deepen, deeply, deepen deeply, (laughs) your understanding uh, of anatta, of selflessness, which the body is revealing that all the time, that it is not subject to our will. It's not governable. That's one of the meanings of anatta, of ungovernableness. It's following its own laws. And obviously, as the body ages, it's going to do a lot of things which we would prefer it didn't do. <laughs> but that's just the nature of things. It's not a mistake and it's not something that's wrong in the practice and it's just things following their own natural law. It's very uh, difficult, and this is why it takes practice. This is in some sense why you've come here for six weeks or three months to decondition at least for periods of time, that very strong tendency to want what's pleasant and to avoid what's unpleasant. This is very deep in us. But when we get moments of, and maybe at first it is just moments, when we're sitting back, you could think of it as you know, that mirror-like awareness or the emptiness of knowing. You know, just when you're just in the knowing of whatever it is that's arising, and we really do have moments where pleasant, fine, unpleasant, fine, there's no reaction. It's just the simple knowing of what's there. There's a tremendous uh, space and understanding of freedom in those moments. You know, because we're not tied in to our habitual reactions. And so, all of your experience is a tremendous opportunity to, to be in that practice. You better do part one by one. Okay. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> Okay, these are easy. <laughs> Enlightenment means the mind that is free of greed, free of hatred, free of delusion, of ignorance. And so rather than kind of conjecture about, you know, some kind of mystical state and, you know, what is it and what does it look like, we really can have a taste of it or a glimpse of it in each of those moments when the mind is free of these unwholesome uh, roots. And the Buddha said this very explicitly many times in the suttas. He said, what is nibbana? The mind free of greed, hatred, delusion. So in that sense, and when we hold it in that way, it becomes very pragmatic and very related to our moment-to-moment experience. We see what it's like When there is greed, and we see or get a glimpse of what it's like when there's no clinging, no desire in the mind, likewise with aversion, likewise with delusion. Are we lost? Are we awake? Lay people can certainly free their minds from greed, hatred, and ignorance. What was the last one? Happy. (laughs) <laughs> I think one is very happy. <laughs> but we'll know when we get there. <laughs> Again, I you know, I really do think it's important because there's so many, you know, all the different Buddhist traditions and the schools and the philosophies and the metaphysics, there's all this kind of stuff about you know, the unconditioned, the nature of enlightenment and Buddha-nature, but it comes down to something really very pragmatic, very simple, although difficult. And this, this is a huge task. But it's something we can really see. We are actually practicing enlightenment moment to moment. You know, it's not like we're practicing for enlightenment. We're practicing that purity of mind, just in every moment that we're attentive, you know, in a way that's not grasping, not aversive, not forgetful. And then that flowers, that freedom of mind flowers and matures. So it's right here. You know, we just have to cultivate it. the The comment was, as it grows and matures is does it last, or do we always have to keep making an effort in the prog- in the process of it maturing, there are transformative moments you know, really transformative moments where different of the defilements are uprooted, so at different stages you know, different ones are uprooted, so they don't arise again, so it's It's, uh, I know I'm going to get this image wrong, but is, is, I, don't know, I can't remember whether it's arteries or veins, you know, where, where there's a kind of valve, the blood goes one way, but it can't go back the other. You know, so it's a certain kind of valve where you know, once it gets past a certain point, it's not going to go back. Well, the path is something like that, You know that at different places, different times along the path, it's like we go through a valve that no longer allows for backsliding. Back <laughs> he says it's veins. <laughs> 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 Thank you. <laughs> it does that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. Could you hear? Could everybody hear that? Okay. <laughs> the comment was about how. And the the beginning of an emotion will come and let's say fear and then just immediately that will trigger all kinds of fearful thoughts and memories and then the mind will get caught in that a bit and then another emotion, let's say sadness, and then that'll just come for a moment and trigger a whole range of thought or image around that and is this just the mind trying to aggravate us you know, or what's the story? And one of the amazing things about the practice and about this looking inward, the investigation of our minds, and mind here, in the Buddhist sense, means big mind. You know, mind refers to consciousness, emotion, thought, all of that, feeling. It's really an amazing phenomenon because it contains everything. You know, it it contains, it holds all the past impressions of our lives and maybe past lives, who knows. So it's all in there, you know, and as we sit and as we get quiet all of these impressions and conditioning and habitual patterns and responses, they start to surface. They're going to come up because you're making the space for them. You're no longer distracting yourselves. But that is exactly the purifying process because if you can be with the emotion, the feelings, the images, the thoughts in a mindful way and really mindful. I mean, so you're right there, you're seeing it, you're noting it, you're not getting caught or identified to whatever extent that's possible. It really is like a cleansing or a housekeeping of this whole big storehouse of stuff. Uh, and as we do that, things actually get lighter and lighter. You know, it's like up and out, up and out, up and out. To the degree that we do get lost in it and do get identified, as we will, often, we recondition the pattern. You know, so that's why it takes at least a couple of weeks to clear it all out. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's helpful, though, to see not, not to... It's in this sense that that the meditation is different than therapy or um, working working exclusively on the therapeutic or psychological level. Because from the meditative point of view, and it's it's just to point out the differences, not to say that they're not both valuable on their own level, but on the meditative point of view, If we can be on the level of the process clearing itself, the particular story doesn't matter that much. You know, we're just settled back and we're watching it, we're being with it, we're feeling it, we're not we're not pushing away, we're not denying it, but we're not engaged in trying to figure out, you know, why is this happening and what did I do then that's making this arise? It's just sitting back and watching the show. If we're able to do that, that's the, that's the simplest approach. Sometimes we're not. You know, sometimes there's so much entanglement in the content that it needs other, other helps you know, to disentangle. But I've just found it really helpful to understand the whole process as this emptying. It's just the emptying out, and we do get the mind, the heart gets lighter and lighter and lighter. Okay, just uh, one... I think we need to uh, stop for interviews. Uh, One announcement, though. In the context of a retreat like this, the best expression of the great generosity that may well up in you from time to time is the gift of sol- silence and solitude for your fellow yogis. Now, it often happens that, you know, in the course of a practice, we just get this generous impulse and you feel like you'd like to give, you know, the person sitting next to you a little chocolate or leave it a little note, you know, expressing your great appreciation or whatever. Feel the generous impulse. Note it, don't do it. (laughs) Not in this context. Out in the world, it's following through in action is beautiful, but it really can be disturbing. You know, one little note, and then the person says, well, who sent the note, and should I reply, and what does it mean, and we having a date afterwards, and (laughs) it can go on and on and on. So just be with the the feeling of generosity in your heart and enjoy that. (laughs) Okay, thank you. Have a good day. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.